You're listening to Ed Curation, where teachers talk about their favorite uncurriculum products that produce fresh, lively, and authentic learning. I'm your host, Timree Tolney, and I look forward to learning alongside you about the tools that help create magic in K-12 classrooms. Well, good morning. This is Dave Hancock from Fidalgo Elementary School at the Ana Cortez School District in Washington State. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here, and I'm just looking out over Fidalgo Day right now. Aw. And so tell everybody about where you teach and what you teach and the types of students that you work with. I teach at Fidalgo Elementary School, which is in the Anacortes School District in Washington. It's a beautiful area. It's the gateway to the San Juan Islands. Currently, I'm teaching fourth grade, and what we do in our school is we specialize in a subject area. So for example, I'm specializing in reading, but I also integrate art and technology into it as well. What we do is we have three classrooms, fourth graders, and we rotate them. So one teacher teaches math, one specializes in writing, and then I do reading. And how long have you been teaching? I've been teaching just over 20 years, fourth, fifth grade, eighth grade, and sixth grade in that time. Do you have a favorite? I like the kids no matter what the age. There's different levels of maturity. You know, with fourth graders, they're very young, eager to learn. Whereas in an eighth grader, can be extremely moody, but they have incredible ideas they love to talk about and debate things. And, you know, that's really interesting as well. So I think each grade has its strengths and, you know, it's things that are make it challenging, but they're kids and they're great people. So what do you particularly like about teaching? I think what I love about teaching is learning alongside my kids. Whenever I do a unit or something, the whole time I'm learning along with them and we're exploring things together. We're getting excited about it. We try new things. I also like to involve them in the decision-making process, how they would like to learn it, what things they might be interested in, and then we go for it. So each class be a whole different experience each year. We change things up. I don't do everything always the same year after year. That must keep it always fresh and new. Yes. And it also keeps me energetic as well. So what are you energetic about with regard to curriculum? Do you have a favorite tool or resource or curriculum product that you go to year after year in your class? I was on a committee to pick a curriculum for reading. We really like the reading workshop model where the kids have choice and have time to read on their own, but at the same time, there's a purpose to the reading where we can teach them a reading skill, they can practice it on their own along with the teacher, and hopefully carry that through their life. The curriculum we chose was Lucy Calkins' Units of Study by Heinemann. And I believe it was developed in the Cornell School of Education, or it's Columbia. It's one of those two. The great thing about the curriculum is each unit has a theme. And within that theme, there's either a novel or a mentor text that you use. And throughout the unit, there's lessons that are taught. And you teach those to the kids. And then they practice on their own. And then you can use formative assessment to see if they're getting it. You can also have a flexible small group work with the kids as they're reading on their own. You can work with individual students on certain skills if you're finding that they didn't get the skill yet, but the formative assessment is helpful. 
you can also, what's great about the curriculum is they have suggested lessons, but you can also have the flexibility to use your creativity and change things to meet the needs of your classroom. The kids really enjoy the books that they pick. The kids are engaged in the reading. They want to read the book that I'm reading to them, but I can also offer other books. And that's what I love about how excited they get about reading. Let's go back to that. I want to dive into Lucy Calkins a little bit because I have known about Lucy Calkins curriculum for a long time. In my past work in schools and districts, I was always focused on middle and high school. And my understanding is that her work is mostly for the elementary school. Is that right? Not sure. I think she might write for the middle school as well, but I'm not sure. Okay. I was wondering when I was going to talk to someone that would talk about Lucy Calkins because her work is regarded as very, very high quality. And so because I don't know it so much, I'm really excited that you brought it up. Do actual book selections come with the curriculum? Yes, you get a library of books that you can purchase alongside the curriculum. And the nice thing about the books is your library is leveled. So it's leveled from A to Z, A being, you know, very kindergarten level type book all the way up to Z, which would be high school level. Doing through the curriculum is you're monitoring the kids' levels through running records. And what's great about that is the kids get excited. They want to move up the levels. So it encourages them to read. And then when you give them that feedback after you've shown them, wow, you've just moved up two levels in, in the last three months. That's amazing. It gives them a goal to set and it motivates them. So they read independently. And does this library also come with kind of like book club sets or literature circle sets? It can. There is like Uh each unit is different. One of the units in fourth grade is a book club unit. It's on historical fiction. I have a collection of books, but also through the district, we kind of looked at all the resources and we compiled sets of books that were historical fiction and brought those into it. So you can also bring your own materials into it as well. And of Uh course, they always have a mentor text that goes along with the unit that you read aloud Uh with the kids. But it's not a read aloud where the kids just sit and listen. It's an interactive read aloud where you Uh involve the kids. You practice the skills you've been teaching them in it. You can stop and talk about figurative language. You can talk about why a character is behaving this way and or how a character has changed throughout the book. You can talk about the theme of the book. If you're in nonfiction books, you can talk about the text structure, how the text is organized, and then practice, you know, using that text structure to take notes. It's really good. It's a thorough curriculum. It focuses on all levels of text in fiction and nonfiction, and it keeps the kids engaged. And of course, there's research projects involved in that, especially in the nonfiction side of it. So it keeps you engaged as a teacher too, and gives you plenty of things to do. So you never feel like, what do I got to go do next? <laughs> so what have you been able to achieve using Lucy Calkins' curriculum that you wouldn't have been able to achieve otherwise? From what I've seen, I mean, the districts focus on test scores and SBAC. And before we were using Lucy Calkins, probably 60 to 70% of our kids were meeting the standards of the state and national tests. As soon as we started doing our rotation where we specialize in a subject and we use this curriculum, I'm now in the high 80 percentile, hoping to get into the 90 percentile. That's great. Do you feel like the district is having these sorts of results or your school is having these sorts of results across multiple classrooms or 
Are you an anomaly having more success than others? All our elementary schools test scores have gone up. Ours happens to have the highest, but the others are right on our tail, so to speak, if you want to measure it that way. But what's more important to me is, is not the test scores. It's how the kids feel about reading. And when I see the excitement and they're in books after a year in my classroom and how they realize how it can impact their life, that's the most important thing that I like to see. The district likes to see test scores. Test scores are happening. So they're happy and I'm happy. So this student excitement that you're talking about, can you tell us a particular story of one particular student that really got excited about reading as a result of this work in your class? Why well, have many. The one thing that I've really noticed is like our focus right now is our kids that are struggling financially at home or, I mean, where they don't have the resources that most families have. So when they go home, it's not a safe place for them to read a book or even have the opportunity to do that. So the classroom is where they can do that. So it's, it's giving them that time and space for them to, to grow in that area. But they also, and this has been more than one of these types of kids, I give them resources they can use outside of the classroom. I let them take my books home with them. I've also given them a free library card that they can use. And sometimes they don't even know about these things because their families don't take them there. But you tell them where it is and I give them the card. And a lot of times they can walk to the library and they didn't even realize they could do that. And they didn't even realize they could check out books. So that's where my excitement comes from. And then seeing those kids are starting to meet standard now where before they seem to be falling through the cracks. I have many stories of that over the years as I've been teaching this. Wow. And do you think using this curriculum has made you a better teacher? Absolutely. I think I did as much as I could. But when you have a curriculum that has a lot of ideas, which you can't possibly do them all, just to have that backup so you feel like you're going somewhere with it, I think it's just great support. I think a lot of times, you know, it was left up to the teacher to figure out and everybody was kind of doing their own thing or pulling this or pulling that, where, where it's all organized for you and you can use it how you want, look at it, it can give you an idea, you can change the lesson to make it fit your classroom better. I think it definitely simplifies your life, but it also it gives you a good quality lesson to go on for that day. Impactful on the students' learning, keep them engaged, and also it kind of takes that pressure off you. You know, you know that it's there for you, and if you keep along with it, you're not going to get lost, or you always have those times where a lesson doesn't go the way you expect it to, and you, you can make note of that and change it next year. That's what I like. You know, I like hearing you say that, Dave, because something I've come across, there are a number of schools in our nation that really rely on teachers to design their own curriculums. And teachers are often drawn to work in schools like that. They think it's exciting. They like to feel empowered by their leadership to come up with their own lessons. And I get the attraction to that. But in reality, to me, I've always believed that it's quite enough work to do to just teach 30, 60, 90, 120 students a day, depending on how, how many you know, students a teacher has, and to assess those students and to personalize the learning for each of them, to also have to come up with all the content yourself and make the lesson plans. I mean, that's double the work. Nobody's paid enough. 
to do all of that. And so when we can get really good resources into the hands of teachers, resources that are developed by people with PhDs that have studied curriculum and instruction and really know it well. And then, like you said, teachers can individualize and make modifications and changes to best meet their students' needs, but it's not completely your responsibility to come up with content every single day. I think it's just a better situation for teachers when they have good resources. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The nice thing about these units, too, is they're pretty much six-week units, and they don't think you should go any farther than that. So they're saying, you know, because then you start to lose the kids. And I like that, that it has a timeline on it, and you feel like, you know, I've made an impact with what I can in the time I have, but I'm ready to also switch gears. And I like that. I like variety, exploring things. And each novel, whatever it is, has lots of discussion that goes along with it in different ways you can go. For example, mm-hmm. one of them was Number of the Stars. So the kids were really interested in World War II and what happened and why all this happened. And they would have never known about that if we hadn't introduced this novel. And so mm-hmm. it really gets kids interested in things and figure out why things are happening. In this world that we live in, you have to be that way. You have to be curious. You have to look for knowledge and look for good resources. I think a lot of people tend to listen and and not think and just believe. Where we really, Mm -hmm. as readers, we have to be better than that. Think, cross-analyze different types of text to understand who the audience is and realize, you know, what, what this text is trying to do. Is it trying to convince you of something? So I think that there's so much to reading. We want to make our kids and our thinkers and not followers. Yes. Have you learned any particular teaching skills by using the Lucy Calkins curriculum? I think it's really helped me is making a meaningful, impactful mini lesson, but having a very precise target that you want to hit. And then having an ability to measure it somehow in a quick way with some sort of formative assessment either checking in with the kids, doing a quick conference, or maybe they are writing down a character trait and they can just jot it down on something and hand it in. So there's lots of ways to do that, to engage them. So you've mentioned before that you've seen the students get excited, you've seen them get really turned on to reading, be excited about getting library cards and having space and time in class to read. Can you share any particular stories or successes that relate to the, the student's joy and growth through this curriculum? I have a kid that he's in middle school now, and I have a sister this year. And when he sees me, you know, he says, Mr. Hancock, you changed my life. I'm doing great in school. He's getting involved in classroom leadership. He's doing the scoreboard for the school. The vice principal of the school told me that he's involved, he's doing great. Where when he came into our school, he was a complete behavior problem. His family was completely dysfunctional and having lots of problems. But my classroom was the safest place for him. I had him for two years. He grew tremendously. And, what, and he's helped me out with his sister because his sister was a behavior problem too. And he always told her how wonderful the experience he had in my classroom was. So when she got to me, she already knew that I was her favorite teacher, even though she didn't know me. If you can make a kid that happy and excited and forget why he's acting the way he is and realize, you know what, I'm just wasting my time spinning my wheels acting this way. Why can't I just be involved and believe in myself? Once you get a kid to do that, 
you're you're going to change your life forever. And you know that to me fills me up. And that's just one story. And his sister is doing fantastic this year. She hasn't had one behavior problem all year long in any of our classes. She's excited about learning. She she's writing poetry and showing me daily what she's coming up with. We're you know right now we're doing a poetry unit and we're talking about figurative language and poetry and identifying it and understanding how poets use metaphor in poetry. And she's experimenting with this stuff on her own without me telling her and then writing it at home and bringing it in to show me. That's so that, exciting. That is. And I think, I think what it is, is there's a shift in education, not being such the controller of teaching, but allowing kids to have decisions in that process and realize that education isn't being forced on them. It's something that they have to seek because it's going to get them somewhere. And no, you don't have to do this because I told you so. The reason you're doing this is because this is what's going to do for you in your life. And mm-hmm. this is why I'm excited about it. And this is why we have this time to make choices. Because it, you know, it never starts out smoothly. You're always going to have kids that realize, wow, I could just do nothing right now. But once they realize that that doesn't last very long because then they're bored. And they realize, mm-hmm. wait a minute. I have an opportunity to really explore here. And I think once they take that as their own and they own it, then they become excited. But it is, it is definitely a transition at first to believe that that's going to happen. And sometimes it's hard to let go of that control. But I think sometimes you just got to let it happen. And it's not going to happen right away. It just takes time and you have to be comfortable with it too. And I know there's going to be days where something happened at home or something is on kids find just like an adult there maybe they're not going to do anything you tell them to do that day but that's just one day and you realize well there's always tomorrow i don't know i just kind of have this mentality now where if they don't if they're not going to work that day i somehow get them involved in some way and i just try again tomorrow and eventually you get them a safe space for for your students to be in where they're welcome come in Regardless of how they're feeling, you'll make room for them each day. That's exciting. So Dave, tell me, what teachers would you recommend check out Lucy Calkins? What are they called? Lesson plans? Units of study. Units of study. And they have writing as well as reading. And the writing and the reading kind of go together. So, for example, the first unit of study we started out with realistic fiction. The writing side, we're doing personal narratives. So they kind Mm -hmm. of blend together and you can integrate them. So if you teach reading and writing, you can blend them together really nicely. It's a workshop model. So each writing and reading, there's a mini lesson that the kids work on that day. And as when they're going to their own independent writing or their own independent reading, you are either having quick conferences with kids or you're pulling a small group while the rest are working. So that's the kind of model. And at the end, You meet up at the end to talk about what we did today and to share some examples that the students have done. So that's the kind of routine that you get into. You know, each lesson for the writing reading takes about, I'd say, an hour. So an hour of reading, an hour of writing in the workshop model. And you have to, I mean, especially in the reading, you have to have a classroom library, which Mm -hmm. took me a long time to build up. There are books that come with units of study. And then, of course, you have, in every school, should have a library that they can access. But you also have to be comfortable letting kids take books home from your library. 
And you want to organize your library in a way that kids can understand it and access it. For example, my library is organized in genres and reading levels. So if I have a bunch of books under one theme, like for example, nonfiction animal books, they would all be together. I can have them either organized into genres or I can have them in bins at a certain reading level. And that way, if you have a kid that has a hard time picking a good book for themselves, you can guide them to those books. Or if they have a certain interest, you can do the same thing. What you're describing your classroom environment as and your daily lessons is it's pretty sophisticated. Like you were talking about being able to craft those mini lessons in a way that are short so that you don't, you know, have a mini lesson that goes for 50 minutes or something and the students don't ever get to practice, right? Being able to facilitate students working independently in this way while you're conferring or instructing with small groups, being able to pull together these kinds of closing meetings with the whole class to check what we learned and guide students to select books, all of this work. It's really sophisticated teaching. So what I'm wondering is, did you learn all that through the resources that came with Lucy Calkins, or was there in your school some professional development support to help you learn all this as well? Yes. A lot of us, you know, were doing things before they came. I was doing the cafe model, which is similar, but not as intense as Lucy Calkins is. And same sort of thing, a mini lesson that goes along with the reading. Lucy Calkins definitely has made it more, they really want to focus on some big skills and learning, you know, it's difficult. It's not easy. It keeps the kids, you know, believing they can do more. I love the cafe model as well. Have you heard of that? I haven't. No, that's another model. I can't remember who wrote that. But I was doing that before it, so I was kind of used to the workshop model. But yes, you have to, if you're not a workshop teacher, it would definitely take some practice and professional development, at least to get started and then just believe in it. And then you have to work through what works for you and what doesn't. Once you get kids working, that's when you can start pulling kids. It can be challenging at sometimes. You're going to have kids that are going to take advantage of the time or mess around. But that happens, like I said, for a little while until they realize that's not working very well for them either. And then they realize everybody else is working. You have to kind of figure it out with your classroom. It's also how you arrange it. Like in the Lucy Calkins, they have this mini lesson where they all come to the rug. And I felt like I didn't like that. I didn't like leaning over. It wasn't good for my back. I didn't like having the kids on the floor. And it just didn't work with me. So I, I just kind of arrange my classroom so that the kids are facing forward, but they're also in groups. And because I've also found out if you have kids facing each other, there's going to be a lot more talking, which can be sometimes challenging to teach a mini lesson. So I have them facing forward, but they're always next to a partner or they have people right behind them that they could easily turn around and talk to. So I think you as a teacher have to figure out what works for you. Is there anything you'd like to say to Lucy Calkins and her team? Thanks for all the hard work they put into this. And I I know that they really believe in it. I can tell when you're reading the curriculum, you can see how passionate they are about it. I do see some things that could help improve it because I know that, you know, some teachers have a hard time letting go and letting the control go to the student. 
So how to get beyond that? I, I think I have some ideas for some small group work or, or, or other ways to assess. That's exciting. And so Dave, what's the next curriculum resource that you might be looking for to either build on this work or to address another instructional need that you have? Well, what I would like to see more in the curriculum is built-in close reading, small passages that you can use in either small group or whole class environment that you could assess the skills that you've been working on during the unit. I would like to see something that kind of went along with the curriculum just as a way to measure. I do have a pre-assessment and then after the unit's over, I found that the passage is extremely difficult for a lot of kids. And if the library's leveled, it seems like you should have leveled tests. Tests that meet, like if you have a kid that's reading at a Q, they're not going to be able to read a text that's at a U level. So why not have some assessments that are more at their reading level? So I'd like to see leveled testing or small close reading passages that you can work with a small group within like a 30-minute window. Another thing I didn't talk about before, but inside the workshop, some other things that I do or is I integrate curriculum. And I have some really good technology resources that teachers can use. One I use is Freckle. You can do math on it. You can do reading articles, nonfiction and fiction articles, or social studies and science. But it's a great resource for kids, and it gives them instant feedback when they're doing it. And they can earn like virtual coins where they can dress an avatar that they earn. But it really motivates them to read. And the articles actually adapt to the kid's reading level. So when you first give them the freckle, they take a test and it gives them a reading level. And as they do better on the articles, the articles get harder over time. So it pushes them through the year. It does the same thing with math. Well, another resource I use is Learning Ally, which is really great for kids with dyslexia. And what this is, it's a audio book online resource. You have to pay for it, but it has thousands of books in its library with text-to-speech. And so the kids can read the book, listen to it, and then it highlights the words as they're reading. And it keeps them fully awesome. engaged. And it's really, really great for those reluctant readers and for the kids that have dyslexia or difficult time reading text. They have those options during workshop to use as well, as well as reading books. That's awesome. I was going to ask you if you knew about Newzella, but it sounds like Freckle maybe has a similar offering as Newzella, but might be even better with the way that the articles adapt to kids' reading level as they go. And it's a free resource. You can, you can get a premium if your school district decides to pay for it, but we, I just do the free version. It's fine. Exciting. Well, your classroom sounds like a really exciting place to be, Dave. I wish Zoe had had you as the elementary school teacher and maybe she'd be a better reader today as I'm still pulling teeth to get her to read a book, Daughter of an English Teacher. <laughs> Shame of my life. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for taking time today to tell us about your classroom and your philosophies and the resources that have made your work easier. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ed Curation. We hope you learned something today about the uncurriculum that produces fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Check out edcuration.com to find out more.